Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us today for Managing to Make a Difference. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show, and I'm joined by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. So today's topic is going to be a fun one. Um, It is from Chapter 22 of Managing to Make a Difference, and it's called Don't Sit on Good People. It just makes me laugh when I think about it because literally the phrase just conjures a funny picture in my mind. But it could also definitely make you want to cry if, as a manager, you don't get it right. So, Larry, what comes to mind for you? Well, of course, we really recommend sitting on furniture if you're talking about the physical act of of sitting. But everybody understands this phrase. That's, That's about holding somebody back because they're good. So in so much of my long career, I've seen people, they want to transfer out the bad people. They don't sit on the bad people. They don't, they don't want to hold them back. They don't want to keep them in the department. So they're transferring these, these problems. But good people often get punished for their great performance by having their boss um, sit on them, by, by having their boss hold them back because the boss wants the department to run well, and without the the good people, it's not going to run as good. So that's what this chapter is about. Uh, Not doing that, which causes some challenges for a department head or a supervisor, because if you're good, you might be developing people and constantly uh, promoting them as, as time goes by. And that's what you should strive for, even though it causes you some other kind of problems. Kim, what comes to mind for you when we think about this topic? Well, I think that managers sometimes um, create this false dichotomy in their heads about what, what happens if, if someone moves on. You know, there's this idea that I need to keep this person where they are because I need them here. And if and there's the idea that, that they actually can keep that person there and succeed at that. Um, but the reality is for, for many people who are really highly talented and are ready to move to that next level, if you sit on them and try to keep them in the role that they're in, you're increasing the likelihood that you're going to lose them anyway. So one of the things I think we can talk about is is how can you kind of get yourself out of that that false dichotomy that you're creating and move yourself into the reality that if I sit on this person, I could lose them. So if I'm worried, if I'm sitting on them because I'm afraid I, I can't have, I can't survive if they're not in this role, uh, I might create that for myself anyway. Yeah, and I'm going to state the point differently. If if a manager thinks that they're going to retain somebody who is ready for promotion and knows it, they're just wrong. So you don't get what you're after anyway. What you're after is that person stays in your department uh, if you don't transfer them or promote them. But you don't get that. They don't stay because they'll just leave the company if they don't. So you don't get what you want anyway. And that's the false dichotomy Kim Turnage is, is talking about. You know, what comes to my mind is a retention strategy starts the day someone walks into an organization Um, From the very first day, we've talked a little bit about it with the Follow Shirley method, and we've talked in in episodes past, but um, continuing, especially with top-performing people, 
to not allow them to develop at their own rate and 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 in the direction that they want to go is really I think what we're talking about here today. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're we're talking about this specific situation where somebody is ready to move on. And it doesn't have to be a promotion. It might be a transfer. They might have discovered an interest, a passion, uh, a talent for something other than what's in their current job. So if you're in the broadcast industry, somebody might have started as uh, an on-air talent and they discover they really like producing. And maybe that's not a promotion. I don't know anything about the broadcast industry. So let's whether it's a promotion or not, they discover that that's what they really want to do in that industry. And but they're so good on the air, the boss doesn't want to let them go and do that or or whatever it might be. Doesn't matter. So it's not necessarily a promotion. It's a different kind of job. And when somebody is ready to do that. Uh, you really just don't have a choice. And if you think that they're qualified for that next move, you're, you're better off supporting them, keeping them in the com- company, and adding to your reputation as someone who puts the well-being of his or her employees as the number one priority, even if it causes you some heartburn when that person transfers and you don't have that great performer anymore. One of the great outcomes of being that kind of manager who is going to move people forward, even when it's kind of not in your own best interest, is that you develop the reputation as um, a manager who helps other people grow. And other people, if you're in a larger organization, people are going to see that and people are going to want to come work for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell this uh, story about a restaurant manager. I was working with uh, a hotel, and they had this, this, this was a very small chain. They had about five hotels. And of all the, the – and they had three, four restaurants in each of their hotels. These were large, all-inclusive hotels, and so they had several restaurants in each hotel. And of all the restaurants they had in all the hotels, this particular restaurant – always came in rated number one by the guests and by a wide margin. And there was a particular manager in that in that restaurant and she was good. That place was an incredible place. It was a dinner restaurant. It was an incredible place to have dinner. Uh, and it was it was attributable to her leadership. And she did that for several years. Restaurant was continuously rated the best in the company. And she got ready to move on. She wanted more responsibility than the one restaurant. And the uh, the general manager of that particular hotel said, no, uh, you know, that's the number one rated restaurant. It's due to her. I can't lose that. I can't have her. And she had somebody ready, by the way, to take over from her. She had been mentoring this person for a couple of years. So she had a, a person ready to step in. And uh, she left. You know, they just, they thought they were going to be able to just keep her in that role. And, and once you're ready, it doesn't work. So that, that, that really actually happened. I know you said that you have um, witnessed this several times in your career where you've seen this happen with other people in other organizations. Or have you ever been a part of an organization yourself where you felt a tug one way or another, whether you have been 
they have not sat on you um, and allowed you growth, great growth potential or, um, or just the opposite? I've had both. Uh, I, on, the, on the good side, earlier in my career, much earlier in my career, I worked for Hyatt Hotels. And Hyatt at that time, it's been such a long time since I worked there, I have no idea what the culture is now. But at that time, the culture was oriented toward giving people opportunities before their paper resume would have justified them getting a promotion or getting a role. And in fact, that attitude is what allowed me to uh, get out of practicing law and get into the hotel business because I decided I wanted to leave the practice of law and I was doing lots of interviewing and nobody w- wanted to take me seriously. And I and I had been a cook in a hotel while I was putting myself through school, so I knew I liked the hotel business and I was I was getting interviews in the hotel business, but nobody could see me uh, outside of the role of being a lawyer, and I didn't want to be a lawyer in in that in that context. And Hyatt Hotels, for my very first job in the company, offered me a job as HR director of a hotel that had about 800 employees. I had no training, I had no education, um, and the VP of HR. Uh, liked my law degree in that role because it was a a very strong union. And uh, he just decided that he was going to give me a chance to do the job. Uh, And that was a time when somebody wasn't sitting on me. But I interviewed with a lot of people who just didn't want to give me that opportunity. And my point is that didn't just happen for me and Hyatt. It happened for lots and lots of people where it was just the opposite. They would give people an opportunity and just say, go for it. Um, and, and what happened was in Hyatt in those days, uh, the cream rose to the top. Highly talented people grow much more rapidly than the average bear. Who's, who's in a particular role. And so even if they have no experience in the role, you put them in there and they grow into it quite, quite rapidly. And, you know, I've had the opposite. I was in an organization and, and I was looking, I wasn't even looking for a promotion. I was looking for a transfer. And uh, one of the senior people in the organization said to me, Larry, you're a highly productive person in this role. And it's not, not like I was the star. But my productivity was noticeable, and losing it would have caused a little bit of pain. And this senior person said, Larry, you know, we, we just can't afford to lose your productivity. And I, I remember clearly, I looked at her and I said, Are you, do you mean to tell me that if I got hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow, that you would call your clients and say, I'm sorry, we can't function because Larry Sternberg is off the playing field. And it was a real wake up call for when I confronted her like that because the answer is, of course not. Of course we would figure out how to take care of our customers despite the fact that you weren't on the playing field. But I had to get, I had to get into that space of confronting her with the reality that, come on, if you really wanted to give me the transfer, you could give me the transfer. So let's quit talking about the loss of productivity here. Mm -hmm. 
Kim, any quick examples come to mind? Maybe you can give that some thought as we um, jump into a break and we'll come back with those. Um, Just a reminder that all of the podcasts that we do here uh, with you all are taken from the book, Managing to Make a Difference. We released it just this spring, and we hope you'll run out and pick up your own copy. Actually, if you want copies for your entire management team, you can go to 800ceoreads.com, and they can even customize them with your company branding. Um, so I, I would just consider to you to maybe not just read it yourself with these great experiments, these great lessons that they have inside of the book that can be put into place right away but that you would be able to encourage your teams to read them as well. So, Kim, as we come back, um, maybe we can get your thoughts on the experiences you've had in your career where either you have been sat on (laughs) or preferably not been. And we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry and Kim. We've been having a great discussion today about not sitting on your good people, but really enabling them to develop and and move on in their careers if that's something that they want to do. And so we left last segment really talking about this concept of managers possibly thinking, 
Um, I can't allow this person to continue in their career because I need them too much. And how that that's kind of a false dichotomy because then ultimately that person will just leave the organization and then you've really lost out. So um, among other things, that's what we've talked about. And Larry shared in the last segment some of his personal experiences with that. Kim, I would love to hear yours as well. Well, and my personal experiences are a little different, but I think other people can identify with them. I have never been the kind of person who's very interested in titles, and so I've never been the kind of person who seeks a promotion so that I can kind of get to the next rung on the ladder. And, you know, that's partially because I've spent most of my career working at Talent Plus, which um, when it started and, and still today is a fairly uh, flat, non-hierarchical organization. And so for me, career growth has not been about getting a promotion and getting a new title. It's been about having access to stuff that I'm interested in, you know, being able to collaborate with teams that are doing different things that I can be part of that I know I can contribute to and that I know will push my own knowledge and growth. Um, it's, it's having the opportunities like that. It's having the opportunity to say, hey, I want to try something and having somebody say, yeah, go for it. Take that on. Do it. Um, and so I have enjoyed those kinds of opportunities that for me have um, represented career growth and that came at a cost to my manager sometimes. Um, of course, they were getting from me what I was creating, but they sometimes hadn't planned on that, and they could have instead have preferred for me to work on things that were more aligned with what their initial plan was and what their initial goals were. So it was at a sacrifice um, to my manager, and I think that sometimes that's what managers have to understand is that when you allow a highly talented person to have those kinds of growth opportunities, it might come at a cost to you, but it's going to have some benefits too. I think when I think about this, I think there is a common philosophy in corporate America and, and organizations really across the globe um, that the next growth step has to be into a management position. And I think it's an interesting concept to just pursue that, um, you know, the Peter principle would speak completely against that. But for a lot of organizations and a lot of people, they think that the growth has to equal you managing other people. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's something that we can work on changing in our society, this this notion that unless you are progressing up the hierarchy, something is wrong. And, and sometimes people seek to progress up the hierarchy simply because they think something is wrong if they're not progressing. Uh, whereas we just have to get out of that thinking because I've known uh, in my, my time in the hotel business I can't tell you how many people I've known. I'm thinking of uh, a pastry chef I once worked with. His name is Eric. And a promotion for him would have been eventually to be an executive chef, something like that. And he just didn't want that. He wanted to be a better and better pastry chef. And so instead of getting promoted, what he wanted was to be sent to uh, places where he could learn techniques that he 
could add to his his repertoire. And uh, so I, I happen to be the decision maker on that. And so at least once a year, uh, he would decide he wanted to go to this particular seminar, or this particular course, and and learn a uh, uh, technique that he could add to his repertoire and make the pastries better in our hotel. So he didn't want to be promoted. He wanted to be the best pastry chef there was. And I've got to tell you something. He's impressive. He's still very much in 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 the uh, meat of his career, at the height of his career. And, and I'm sure that he has added so many techniques now that he's he's just a, a monster. Uh, but he was impressive where I knew him. And I've known other people like that. Uh, I knew a laundry manager who was one of the best experts in laundry and dry cleaning in the United States of America. And he was proud of that. And he was distinguished in the hotel company I worked for, for his level of expertise in that area. And, you know, he reported to the executive housekeeper and he didn't want to be, he didn't want a promotion to be the executive housekeeper. He was passionate about laundry and dry cleaning. And, and I, some of our listeners may be chuckling, but if, if you are getting exposure to professionals whose career is the luxury hotel business, you're going to find a lot of people who are passionate about cleaning because cleanliness is uh, among the most important aspects in a luxury hotel. And and so I happen to know a lot of people who are very passionate about cleaning and whose knowledge about cleaning a variety of things is, is encyclopedic. Uh, and so some of those people don't want uh, a promotion. And we've got to make it okay for our employees and not make them feel like there's something wrong with them if they're not being considered for promotion. Well, and I think there's also something that organizations can do to create growth paths for people that aren't necessarily up a rung on a ladder, but they're essentially kind of more across a matrix where people can be expanding and growing and becoming better and becoming, I mean, for me, my dream job is to be a utility player and to have my hand in a whole bunch of different places where I am learning and trying something new and pushing things forward and adding value and then getting out and getting back into something else. <laughs> That's my perfect, perfect job. Um, and I've, I've had a lot of experiences where I've been allowed to do that. One of the difficulties with being in that kind of a role, however, is that people looking from the outside in look at you and say, this person's been in that company for, you know, five, six, seven years. They still have the same title. What does that mean? What does that mean about that person? And there's sort of something assigned, there's some meaning assigned to that that may not be accurate. And I think that's something we should work to solve. And there are places who, uh, it seems to me, where that's less of an issue. Earlier in my life, I practiced law. And in law firms, you know, you can be a lawyer who is serving clients, and you can do that for your entire career. Uh, Now, people do want to be, earn the the title of partner. Uh, But still, even if they have that title, mostly what they're doing is practicing law. And so there are, there are areas and there are professions where 
that's the case. And Kim, another thing that relates to what you were talking about is people not only growing in their area of expertise, but also earning some some distinctions that give them, if if you will, titles. I'm looking for another word, but I can't find it, so I'm going to use the word title. Give them a title, give them a, a public designation that is worthy of respect. You see this in academia. For our listeners who don't happen to know, Kim Turnage uh, has a PhD, and this is a sign of distinction in the world of academics and outside the world of academics. When when somebody gets introduced and you hear the words PhD on the on the end of their name, you know that they have earned this distinction and it's not easy. And that's the thing. When we're when we're getting outside of hierarchical type promotions and we're allowing people to earn a title that is a real distinction, it has to be a title that is not easy to do. Because otherwise the respect doesn't doesn't accompany the title. So this is a, this is an something for society to tackle, but we can all tackle it within our circle of influence. We can make sure that we're doing our best not to perpetuate this uh, point of view that unless you're getting a hierarchical type promotion, uh, there's something wrong with you. Well, and just just to tack on to that, academia and the trades have this figured out. You know, when you're in a, a university, you start out as a professor, you get promoted to associate, and you wind up as a full professor. And um, that is the path, and you're not managing people in any of those changes. And in most cases, thank God, there aren't many professors <laughs> that, that I've met who are great managers. But, but the fact is, they're not doing it, and that's, that's part of what we talk about on this podcast. If you're not good at managing people, don't do it. You're in a good fit. Mm-hmm. The question becomes, what if someone does want a title and you have no title to give? You know, I see we're coming coming up for our next break. And I think that would be a great question uh, to to take up Tee at the off next break. our next segment. All right. So before we go to break, just a quick reminder, we all want to hear your questions. That's our favorite thing to do is really respond to what you want to know. So you can do that by just simply clicking the email host button. It's just above the podcast description, and we will work those topics into upcoming podcasts. So if you have a question that's burning in your mind about any management issue, whether it's Don't Sit on Good People or any of the numerous other podcasts that we've done or will do in the future, if you pick up the copy of the book and you look at the last page and find one, be sure and send us that question. We want to make sure that we are answering all of those for you. So we'll be back in just a few minutes on Managing to Make a Difference. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. 
At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks again for joining us today for Managing to Make a Difference. Um, we do have a website called managetomakeadifference.com, and there you can find the ways to purchase the book. You can find author bios. You can find additional resources. So if you are interested, feel free to check that out. We'd love to have you visit and even shoot us a comment or a question there that we can answer for you. So in the last segment, we talked about several things. We talked about being a utility player instead of craving a title um, as we moved um, through your development in a career. We talked about um, just wanting to have access. That That's important for some people. We also talked about public designations. And so I would encourage you, if you're just joining us now, go back and listen to the last segment. It was chock full of really rich information. And we left off with a question that I think is super intriguing, and I think it will be applicable to a lot of people in our audience. What if someone wants a title and you have no title to give? Yeah, well, you know, you, we are running businesses here. And so you can't always give somebody a promotion, even if they're ready. You, you might not have a place to promote them to. You might not have an open position. And you, 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 the business situation doesn't uh, accommodate you creating a, a, an additional employee on, on the staff. So you can't always accommodate that. Uh, and, and sometimes it's a title and sometimes it's the actual promotion. So what do you do? Uh, first of all, be honest with people. Don't beat around the bush. Don't start promising them things in the future 
if you know now that those things won't come true for them in the future, uh, don't start promising them those things. Uh, I do want to, this, this can be a little bit complicated because I also always remember that titles are free and organizations, they're meaningful, but they're free. And so there are times when if somebody wants a title, you might just think about creating the title for them. Uh, but substantively, we're talking about somebody who wants a different job, not just a, a different title. But there are people, and I, I remember a time when uh, the title uh, secretary was very, very prevalent. Uh, and all of a sudden, people became administrative assistants. Uh, and and I'm sure that there are many people who could make a distinction between somebody who is a secretary and somebody who is an administrative assi- assistant. So I don't want to characterize it as merely a semantic difference. But there was a time when you didn't hear much about the title administrative assistant. And all of a sudden, now you rarely hear about the title of secretary. I'm going to cough. So turn it over to you. (laughs) Kim, what comes to mind when you start thinking about that? You start thinking about titles and the semantics of what somebody's wish might be and whether or not you can accommodate that within an organization. Well, I think Larry makes a really good point. Uh, You need to figure out what do people really want? Do they want... Do they want more responsibility in that bigger role? Do they really want a title? So first of all, I think you have to ask, what does this person really want? What do they really need? So what are the options of the things that I could do that would satisfy them? But, you know, sometimes what they really want is the promotion with more responsibility that comes along with the title and the, you know, and probably a salary increase and things like that. And you can work a lot of things. You might be able to work the title but not get them into that particular role. You might be able to work the salary but not get them to that level. Think about the things you can do. And, you know, I work with a client that that has a very high retention rate um, and that the air becomes very rarefied at the top and they have a lot of people who are ready and highly talented and want those very few and far between higher rung leadership roles. And one of their challenges is retaining those people. And with them, I generated um, something that uh, we have on our website at Talent Plus um, that on a post called Energizing Leadership Development When a Promotion is Not on the Horizon. And it, it's a list of eight different categories of things that you can do to push people's growth and to help them feel like they're making progress on something, even though there might not be a promotion for them in the near future or ever. But that as their manager, you can give them that sense that you hear what they're saying, you're investing in their growth, you want to help them get better, and you're going to do it with them. I I want to bring up one other alternative. So you've got somebody, hypothetically, you've got somebody who's ready for promotion. They want the promotion. Your business situation does not allow you to promote them and might not, in the foreseeable future, uh, allow you to do that. There's one other alternative. And that is accept the fact that they're going to leave 
that they're going to look around and don't make them feel disloyal for looking around for something they need. And I know this is not a common point of view. It just so happens it's the way I've always operated, which is number one, if you report to me, I want the absolute best for you. And my business situation might not allow me at this moment in time to give you what you are ready for and what would be best for you. And in those cases, I say to people, you know, don't, you don't have to lie to me. You don't have to look around behind my back. I don't consider that disloyal because I know that you want what everybody else wants, which is what's the best for you and what's the best for your family. This is your career. A lot of people have families who depend on what they earn, et cetera. And I think it's healthy to acknowledge that, accept that, and say to the person, I will help prepare you and go look around and tell me what you're finding. And we can talk about things because I always want the best for you. And what happens with that is, first of all, I get advance notice that somebody is at risk. And I can, if I'm in a big organization, I can start, I can go to HR and say this person is at risk. And I say, you look around and we'll look around. And um, because we know that you're going to leave for very good reasons. And I, I'm not uh, angry at you. And furthermore, two years from now, I may have your next career move. But I want to maintain my relationship with you. Because if I do that, when your next career move appears on in my company, I can call you and you'll know I'm supporting you. And I've supported you all along. And I don't know what our listeners want, but as a manager and as a leader, that's a reputation I have, and that's a reputation I've always sought, which is my, in those situations, my number one priority is what is best for the person. And I personally have never seen a situation where what is best for the person is not always best, it's not also best for the company. I think that's a, a really interesting concept. I think uh, I think it comes from an authentic and generous spirit too. And I think um, it takes a change in thinking for a lot of managers to approach. Well, and I just have way. one question: Who doesn't want to work for that manager? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and so many organizations when they talk about their values, one of the first things they say is integrity. Well, why would you want to set up a situation where people are going to be afraid to tell others that they're looking for a job and for good reason why? That, that you're setting up a situation where everybody kind of understands that in this situation, people are going to lie to us and we're going to accept that. And that, that's not integrity. And those are not healthy relationships. And so there are times when the, the behavior of leaders and managers uh, is, is not congruent with the stated values of the organization. And then you give, get all these kind of excuses. And again, well, I can't afford for them to leave right now, blah, 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 blah. And, and as we've been saying all along, they're going to leave anyway. So how about letting it happen on good terms? 
Absolutely. We talked a little bit about managers and even um, if you want them to, to retain them, but you know you can't fulfill their wishes, can you? is there the ability to get creative? Uh, another point I want to make here before we, is their ability to get creative? Well, let me not go to that next point. Um, of course you want to get creative. You just, to be honest, we're not always smart enough to find that alternative that is going to actually meet somebody's need because if somebody's need is to be promoted and they're ready and they know it uh, there aren't a whole lot of creative alternatives that will uh, retain them people try giving them more money well I don't have a promotion but I'll pay you more money okay that lasts a while but it wears off pretty quickly as because it's not meeting the actual need. I think Kim Turnage's remarks about creating growth experiences for people uh, is is more likely to uh, go toward retaining them than than anything else. And you have to get creative to find those. Uh, the term I use for myself is limited leadership opportunities. You, you let them lead a project, let them lead something. So they're getting that and it's helping prepare them even better uh, for that promotion when it occurs. And it's preparing them whether they get it in your company or not. So that's what I'd get creative about, what, what Kim Turnage already mentioned, is finding these opportunities for them to grow and to lead and manage others, if that's what they're after. I love that. We are going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about not sitting on good people. I do want to remind you that you can get Managing to Make a Difference um, online, you can get it at Amazon, at Barnes and Noble online, or you can go to 800 CEO Reads if you want to order multiple copies and even brand them with your company. One key thing that I really want you all to take away is that there are lessons and experiments in every chapter of this book that are implementable right now, right today, as soon as you walk back into your office. So I really want to encourage you to pick up that book and then hold on to those experiments. They're great experiments, great lessons in every single chapter of this book. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. 
asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We're talking about Chapter 22 in that book, Managing to Make a Difference, entitled Don't Sit on Good People. And one of the most intriguing things we talked about just in the last segment is a limited leadership opportunity. Are there opportunities outside of a title or a promotion that may not be available to you that you can allow someone to continue to develop and help prepare them for whatever the next step in their career is? And so it was chock full of really great information. I hope you go back and listen if you're just joining us now. But as we move into this last segment today, Kim and Larry what are the things that come to mind for you when we think about um, how we develop people and how we pursue that relationship of manager to employee or associate and how that should grow? Well, as we've talked about this idea of the limited leadership opportunity, uh, and, and we've also, you know, another thing that Larry said in the previous segment that's very controversial is this idea that as a manager, you would actually support people and maybe even help them in moving out of your company to get the growth opportunity they need with the long-term intention that maybe when they're ready for the next step, you can bring them back. Um, if you know that you really aren't going to have the right growth opportunity for them. When, when you're in that kind of relationship with someone that's an employee of yours, you're moving past being their manager, and you're moving into a space where you're becoming a mentor for them, and you're helping them with their career growth. You care about them as a person. And this is wholly dependent on the strength of the relationship that you have cultivated with that person. And we talk about relationship all the time. It's where the book starts. We've talked about it week after week after week. And it always comes up that the quality of the relationship that you have with someone drives the results that you get. Yes, and I'd like to point out that we are well aware that some of these recommendations are quite controversial, that many people would disagree with us about putting the interest of the employee first uh, as opposed to putting the interest of the company first. And they might come to a false dichotomy that, you know, sitting on someone is in the interest of the company 
but ultimately we're saying it's not because the person will leave. But nevertheless, I understand some of these things are controversial. And here's what we want from any listener. Think about what you believe. And even if you disagree with us, that's okay. Decide what it is you believe and then do that and do it with a great deal of commitment and pay attention to your results. You don't have to listen to us. You don't have to listen to any other experts, no matter how many letters they have behind their name or no matter how much success they've had. Listen to your results. If what you're doing is producing the results you want, keep doing it. And so you might decide that what works for you is something completely contrary to, to what we've said in this, in this broadcast. And frankly, that's okay with us. If we've stimulated you to focus on that, to question what you're doing, and to pay attention to what results you're really getting, then we have actually accomplished what we're setting out to accomplish in this, in this podcast and in the book. Because I think if you're sitting on good people and you pay attention to the results you're getting, you're going to find out that they're leaving. And, and uh, hopefully that, that makes a, a bigger impression on you than anything we might have said. You know, something that keeps dawning on me, and I know it's kind of a side note, but I'm going to um, share it anyway. Um, I lost my father to cancer uh, several years ago. And at the funeral, I will never forget this, a gentleman came up to me and said, your dad was the best manager I have ever had in my life. And I knew this. My dad was incredible with business skills and sales and marketing, and, but he was a better person. And so when, Larry, you were sharing about just building that relationship, it really resonates to me on a very personal letter, uh, level um, because he had established that relationship and he cared more about the person he was developing and the person he was helping to grow than he even did himself. So I just had to share that. Kim, I'm so glad you shared that story because that is at the bottom of what we're talking about when we say managing to make a difference. It's about making a significant positive impact on the people that you manage. You can do a lot of things as a manager that are good and that get results for your company and not make that kind of difference. But that's really kind of the paramount of what it is to be a manager is to have someone be able to say about you what that person said about your dad. And yeah, I, I agree. And thanks for, thanks for sharing that story. Back to the central point of this particular podcast, uh, which is, if you hold people back, high potential people are going to avoid your team. And on the other hand, if you earn a reputation for helping people grow and progress in their careers, you're going to attract more high potential people. And you get the reputation that whether or not it's in this company or some other company, when you work for this manager, your career is going to progress because that manager is interested in helping you do that. And so you attract more high potential people and the more high potential people you attract, the better results you're going to get in whatever your area of responsibility is and the more likely you're going to position yourself 
for that next level up. You know, well, and I'm one thing that people make a people always make a kind of we have these decision mistakes that we make, um, and this is one of them. There, there is the mistake to think that your choice is to keep this person that you actually have the reality of a choice to keep this person in this role if they really want to grow. But that's not your choice. Your choice is to promote them and help them get the growth that they want and need or to lose them. And you have to know what your real alternatives are. Amen. That's exactly right. And I want to make this point. I think I made it earlier, but if I didn't, I want to, I want to make it now. You have to be aware that other employees are watching how you deal with this situation. And you are sending them a message, whether you intend to or not. And the message is, this is what's how I'm going to deal with you when you get into this situation. And again, uh, people don't want to work for a manager who, who uh, sits on people. They want to work for a manager who helps people grow and who cares about them and who puts their interests uh, either number one or just below the interest of the customer. But I tell you again, I personally have never seen a situation where I have perceived that there was a, a difference between what's best for the employee and what's best for the company. Those things always look the same to me. And so when you think about what's best for that person, in my opinion, in my worldview, you are in fact thinking about what's best for the company. That's a great place to end. We are coming to a close here on our show. I do want to remind you to pick up your copy of Managing to Make a Difference. You can do that on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or CEOReads.com if you want multiple copies. We'd love for you to share it with your management teams, and we'd love to hear what you think about the book. So feel free to go to ManageToMakeADifference.com and send us your comments. Let us know how it's working in your teams. We'd love to hear that feedback. And as always, if you have any questions, shoot those to us as well, and we'll address them on in future podcasts but thanks for taking the time today out of your schedule to really listen and we hope that um, what we're doing is adding value every day and helping you to manage in a better way to get to know your management style and maybe even craft a management style around really knowing your people and building great relationships Larry and Kim thanks again as always for today and we will see you next week here on managing to make a difference have a great day thank you Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.